The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Jesse Giglio is speaking. Next, probably next few weeks, we're going to take some time here uh, with our community to kind of talk about this, this church a little bit, this, this expression of the church, and kind of where we, we come from. Some of you guys have been with us from the very beginning, and some are kind of onboarding more recently, and, and people are always, you know, kind of coming and going. And, um, but as we kind of come up around a year, so we're somewhere around a year, we started sort of gathering this idea. I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about what... What informs this community? Where are we coming from with this? And, and I know there's tons of different churches and they, we do things differently and, and that's, this is not about the only way. It's just sort of about a kind of way we're exploring here and some things that for my wife and I and some of our leadership has sort of been on our heart uh, over, this, over this time. But uh, also hopefully it has something to do individually. So we'll look at some passages and what does it look like for me being part of this, this movement of the church. And we believe in the church. We believe the church is the thing. Like, uh, it, it's what God's doing on earth. It's his chosen vehicle. It's his mechanism. It's where the story of the gospel is going forth. And so we believe in it. We believe in that. We believe in the people meeting around town and worshiping and teaching and, and doing groups. So we're, we're absolutely for, uh, for the church. And we want to talk about where that kind of comes from, this idea of the church and what our responsibility is with it. So we're looking at today in Matthew 16, and we'll look at this passage and uh, uh, probably next week or so, but we'll kind of get through most of it today. And this is about halfway through the story of Jesus, and his disciples are kind of coming, t- being turned on to some of what Jesus' purpose is. And, uh, but they're a little, always a little bit slow to really figure things out as we are. And so this, this, this portion we're looking at today, Matthew 16, if you have a phone or Bible, you can turn there. If not, you can just listen. Uh, but Jesus has just had a little bit of a head-to-head confrontation with the Pharisees and Sadducees. Uh, and they're kind of testing him about signs, and Jesus, as he always does, kind of sends them away silent, right? He always gets the last word in. And now he's getting out on kind of moving away from them with his disciples. And we see these kind of rhythms of Jesus where he's very public, and he's engaging crowds, and he's engaging the religious leaders, and then he kind of pulls away with his group, and he spends some time with them. And so he's, he's doing that now. So they went across the lake. The disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So they're moving, they're traveling, they're on the move. The disciples forgot to take bread. Jesus says, be careful, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So verse 7, they discuss this amongst themselves and says, it's because we didn't bring any bread. So they're trying to unpack Jesus' statement. Jesus says, be careful, be on your guard against the yeast and yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And you can see the disciples kind of huddling together like, oh my gosh, he knows we forgot the bread. This is, about, this is about the bread somehow. Like, what are we going to do? And there's like this discussion starts to form amongst this group because someone brought up, oh my gosh, we didn't bring it. Now he's talking about yeast. I don't know what this means, but they're feeling like a little bit uneasy. Jesus says, aware of their discussion, uh, excuse me, aware of their discussion, Jesus asks, you have little faith. Why are you talking to yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Do you remember the five loaves or the 5,000? Uh, five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many baskets you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not t- telling them about, he was, excuse me, he was not telling them to guard against the yeast using the bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So he has this kind of teaching moment with these guys. And I, and I love the disciples, and we could always appreciate their, their way, because they're just a little bit dense, right? They're just a little bit slow as we are. And Jesus always works with them. He doesn't 
somebody doesn't hide his frustration. He's kind of like, you fools. I'm not talking about the bread that you forgot. I'm talking about the teaching of these guys that's going to impact your life. But he walks them through that. He walks them through this sort of, this sort of moment. And I think for you and I, as we kind of move through it, as Jesus begins to unpack some bigger picture stuff, there's sort of this reminder, like, wait, what is he actually talking about? It's not about the bread. You're fine. That's fine, Katie. Like, just go for it. Um, <laughs> I'll talk about this, but we can get so distracted on these things that are in our minds, right? They're thinking about the bread. They're kind of feeling maybe a little bit guilty. This is where we're coming up short. And so now they're assuming everything God has to say is about that thing, right? And we can go there in our life when we're thinking about ourselves, where we're coming from, like what, I, what I'm not doing good enough, what I forgot, where I'm not serving enough, where I've not given enough, uh, how I'm not connecting enough with my neighbor. Everything we think about God is like, oh, shoot, he's going to bring up, he's going to bring that up. And maybe there's times he is, but we sometimes get so self-focused on the things that we're not doing, we miss these bigger pictures. Jesus said, I'm not even talking about the bread. Who cares about the bread? We'll figure out the bread later. I can make the bread. Don't worry about that. But be on guard against these, these, these bigger things that are, become more of a threat to you. So the bread, listen, if we don't have food for the night, we'll be fine. But if you get your lives turned around by these guys and their teaching, that's going to be a problem for you. And we can do that. We can get so focused on sort of the natural, the bread in our lives, whatever that is for you today, whether that's, you know, relationship or finances or your job or whatever that thing is. Oh my gosh, if this isn't right, it's going to throw everything off. And so God must be super concerned with it. God's like, okay, I I care about that, but don't miss this other thing that I'm doing in your life around you. And so the disciples are kind of learning through that. I think if, you know, if the disciples were, had a couple of women in the group, it'd probably be a lot easier. Men are just a little slow on these things. We're a little slow on the uptake when Jesus is talking, right? We're not quite as, as intuitive. I can't tell you how many times my wife has sort of said something to me, like maybe it's, you know, we're out with people or it's kind of a whisper or it's something in the house or there's people around, like she says something. I'll be like, wait, what? What do you mean? She's like, you know, I'm like, no, I don't know. But she just stares harder, like, your wives ever do that to you, like just stare really hard at you, like maybe that will help us get it? Like it doesn't go through, like this stare comes on, like you're staring harder, but I still don't know what you're talking about. Like I just don't get it, right? And I can almost picture Jesus kind of looking at these guys like, really, we're going here again? And they just sort of slowly come on, right? And, and I think for you and I, sometimes it's easier to say, like it's easier for me to say to my wife, uh, eventually, like, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Like I don't understand but I don't want you to stare at, like, stare at me like that anymore. So I'll kind of like, yeah, I, I get it. And so the disciples are in this mo- movement. This is the, all the context of their story. Like, they kind of think they get it just enough to like, move on, and then they'll come back to these sort of same things again. But I love the honesty because the disciples essentially are writing this, the narrative. Matthew's writing this story. He's kind of throwing himself under the bus with them. There's some own sort of like idiocy of being slow, and, that, and that's okay. We all kind of come along in different places. But we want to be careful when we, when we get caught up on these things that are going on in our life that are the immediate, like if they're hungry, they're thinking about the bread. And Jesus is like, oh my gosh, you guys, just don't worry about that for a second. Let me, let me, let me teach you something else. And that sets up this next, sesh, this next portion here in, in Matthew 13, which is really kind of our anchor for, for today, this afternoon, and, and one of the foundational sort of tenets of, of this community. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Like, who do they say this Messiah is, this, this coming king? Who do they say this, this person is? What's the word on the street? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, so others Jeremiah 
or one of the prophets. So they kind of give him this, this sort of, this, the tenor of the people around him. Like, right? Here's what the popular opinion is. This is what people are thinking. They think you're maybe this kind of return prophet. Maybe, you're, maybe he's this guy. Maybe you're the guy. And so it's an important question, though, I think, for, for you and I. We can even wrestle with that same question. Who do people say Jesus is? Who do people say Jesus is? And I think we can get all kinds of different voices out of news, neighbors. Sort of, who do people say Jesus is? But it's an important thing for us to sort of lean into. Like, okay, if that's who they think Jesus is, right? I, and I have these conversations pretty frequently. I'm working in, in and out of a, a bar a couple days a week and, and two or three days a week. And these conversations come up often because I'm a pastor. So people are like, yeah, I just don't buy that. But really, they're not talking about Jesus. They're talking about some other expression of the church they don't like. And so for me, and so for many of us, we can say, all right, I can meet you halfway. I actually don't like that either. I'm not that way either. But let me talk to you about this guy, Jesus. And so Jesus sort of opens up these questions that are so really relevant today. Who's, who do people say Jesus is? Who do the people around you say that Jesus is? And in what ways can you kind of extend some sort of grace toward them, them to meet them in the middle of the road? Like, okay. I get it. I get why you're uncomfortable with G Jesus, but let me talk to you about that. And so, he, so Jesus opens up this question, and they, and they kind of give him an answer. And then knowing, like, all right, that's, that's okay. That's what the people think. This becomes the sort of crux of it. He says, well, what about you? Who do you say I am? Which is a powerful question for any of us. Wherever you're at in your life of faith, whether you're new or old or coming around, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Here's what everyone else says. Here's what everyone else is doing. Here's what they think. But well, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter, you got to love Peter. He always kind of jumps in. He says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And he gives this very sort of profound and, and simple answer. And it's almost like when, when Jesus said, who do you guys say I am? You can imagine the, the disciples like, I, I don't know. What should we say? <laughs> who is this guy? And Simon sp spits out this answer and it kind of was probably this moment of like, wow, how did he come up with that? Where did he get that? But Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Right? By my Father in heaven. There's this, the Spirit initiates revelation in our lives. Spirit initiates that revelation. So for you and I, those of us who sort of connect with God or Jesus, it, we've been granted that through revelation of the Spirit. And so for people who don't have that, it just may not, maybe God hasn't got in that life yet. Right? So we're kind of blessed as we get these, be able to spurt, spit out these answers as Peter did. Like, and the guy's like, I don't even know where he got that from, but he, it was the right answer because the Spirit revealed this to him. And Christ, Christ affirms that. Christ says, yeah, absolutely. And he goes on to talk about sort of who, who he is in that. And so when we begin to talk about church, and let me read a few more passages, we'll come back to it. Blessed you was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So this is early on in the story. So I'm going to build my church, Jesus said. He said, blessed are you, Simon Peter. You, you've been, this has been revealed to you who I am. And when we talk about the church, the most important thing is for us in your life, in our life collectively and individually, is who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? That's our, that's our big word, sort of Christology. How do we understand Jesus? When we understand Jesus, that informs the rest of our, our life. That informs our mission and how we do church. That would be our missiology and our ecclesiology. So we talk about these kind of big things here, like what are we doing with church? Like we, we are informed by Jesus. We're informed by this, this question, who is Jesus? 
And when you explore that, that informs how we do things. And Jesus says, very poignantly, he says, listen, I'm going to build my church. I will build my church. Think about that. For as easy as it is for us to take and run with things, and for those of us who've been around the church, and we're builders, and we're smart, and we're business people, and we're industrious and entrepreneurs, and we have boards, and we talk about customer retention and, and strategies and, and mailers and all this stuff, we can feel like we can build the church. But Jesus said, I'm going to build the church. That's not your job. I will build this thing. I'm going to build this on me. And he's talking to Peter, and there's been some discussion around this, this sort of, this, this verse, is, is he building it on Peter, is he building it on himself? I think probably he's saying, hey, Peter, you're Peter, you know, blessed are you, you're going to be a big part of this. Peter's name means rock, but he says, on this, on this rock, on this Petra, I'm going to build my church. And whether Peter's sort of that guy or not, Jesus I'm going to build my church. I'm going to take care of this. And so that takes some pressure off you and I. It also asks, begs us the question, well, what do we do? What's our, what's our sort of role in that? Right? What is our role? Jesus, I'm going, to, I'm going to build it. And he has this cool interaction with Peter. And I think Peter gets these sort of exchanges with God, Jesus, sort of walking on water, and he's there in the front lines because he's bold, and he says things, and he's not even afraid. Right? Even if he's wrong, and I love that spirit of, of Peter. He just says, you know what? You're my guy. I'm going to have this conversation with you. You're my guy. So I'm going to build it on me, but you're going, to be a, you're going to be a big part of it. And our theology, when we talk about who Jesus is, because it's a, it's a massive statement, Messiah the Christ, our theology doesn't have to be perfect to kind of move into that. These relationships, they grow, right? Think about your, your special relationships in your life, maybe outside your family, friends, uh, girlfriends, spouses. In the early stages, you spend time with them. Why? To get to know them. Because our, the revelation doesn't come all at once. So Jesus is kind of walking his guys through. We're going to sp keep spending time together. We're going to take these big picture things. I am the guy. I am going to build my church. And I'll lead you through a little bit how, how that will go. Right? The Bible said, didn't say, for God so loved the world that he said in his only begotten church. But we sometimes like to think that we're like the thing. Jesus is the thing. We're part of the thing, right? But Jesus is the thing. And I, and I think for us as a community, we come back to that often. Jesus builds his church. What do, we, what do we do with that? What's the mission of the church, right? Like, we don't have a mission. God has a mission. We're part of that mission. So we kind of come along this thing that Jesus is doing to reconcile people to the Father, right? That's his, that's his call. He wants the family to get back together. He wants us to have access to the Father. So we come alongside that. Well, how do we do that then? We don't have to worry about all this other stuff. We're just trying to come alongside Jesus' mission. And I think he means it when he says, I'm going to build my church. I think it's one of the things, like, I, he's like, I'm doing this, please, you don't touch that part. And I've had this conversation, people have had it with me at different stages of work, or I have it with my kids, like, don't touch that, I'm doing it. Right, you ever been there, you're working on a project with someone, or whether you're leading or they're leading, that kind of comes out, like, don't touch that, I'm, that's my part. Don't mess with that. I can get that way in the kitchen, I love to cook, and I bet I get in the kitchen, I get things going. I don't like people coming in and, like, touching my stuff. Right? I don't like someone to come and even stir the thing or touch the meat or like shuffle the pan. Like, I'm doing that part. Like, you can do another part. Like, it's no. I don't know, probably a few weeks ago we were talking uh, or having, talking about dinner and I had a meeting in the evening and I said, we'll do hamburgers. You guys can prep it, cut this stuff, but I'll cook the hamburgers, right? And, you know, I do this, this meeting and I come back down and they had kind of got some other things out. And I look in the pan and there's this pan full of just like cooked ground beef but not in the shape of hamburgers. And I'm like, well, it looks like we're having sloppy joes, right? 
And we did, and it was fine, but it was like, I, I'll do the meat. Like, you do something else, right? And not, now, Jesus gives, gives us responsibility along the way, but I think when he says, I will do this the best, I, this is my specialty, right? And in the, in the kitchen, right, the chef has his deal. Like, there's support, clean, sous chefs, all these people, but the lead guy's like, I'm the lead guy, don't touch my stuff. He said, I'm going to build the church. I'm rallying it for my dad. No one cares more about it than I do. I'll give you some, some job descriptions later how to do that, right? Go into all the world, make disciples. That's our job. I'm going to build the church. And he means that. He's like, back off. If you try to do it, it's not going to be as good. You're going to end up with sloppy joes, and I was going to make really nice hamburgers. The sloppy joes were fine, by the way. My, my, ki- my, my kids are super great in the kitchen. But, but, but it's that sort of idea, like, don't touch that. You'll mess it up. Right? And I've been there. I've messed up all kinds of things I wasn't supposed to touch. Right? Some of us have gotten involved with you know, the tech kind of stuff or computer. You try to fix it yourself. and like, eh, should not have messed with that. <laughs> wasn't my deal. No, it's not our deal. The mission is God's. The marvels that he invites us to join. The mission's God's. As we talk about what's the, what's the mission, well, the mission's God's. God's the, God's the thing. Jesus is the thing. We're, we're participating with him. Participating with him, and so for us, as we sort of talked about this, probably you know about a year or so ago, a couple years ago. I mean, the story for me in my heart is two or three years back, but within the past year and a half, you know, two years. So we talked about the, the, the church and, and a gathering and a formation of it, and the imagery that came to mind and was spoken to us from a few different people independently. They were saying, you know, you're already planted, you're already planted here, and so for many of us, we already have that. We're planted here we're planted in this soil so you talk in terms of church planting like we're here we're not parachuting in somewhere we're not just you know invading a city we're here many of us have been here for many years we're planted in the soil we're native here and the image was so well, now you're going to be coming up out of the soil there's a plant coming up out of the soil and the and the challenge for us and in, in, in sort of the, the wisdom was say you you want to be careful to care for that plant in the most basic way so sunlight water right he says, but don't put up too much structure around the plant because you don't know exactly what it even is yet. And so as plants come up, any of us who've been around plants, if you're growing like a tomato plant, right, you build this vertical scaffolding. That's the structure that that plant needs. If it's strawberries, it's totally different. It doesn't need that thing. You space it out a different way. And so we've taken time here. And, and my dad mentioned last week, you know, I think he flippantly kind of said, hey, there's no mission, division, or strategy. And I don't want to say there's not those things. We're just slow coming into that. We're understanding what does this community have to offer? How do we care for it? One of the things we've, we found pretty quickly is like, man, we, are a, 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 we have a lot of kids here, a lot of little kids. Like, that's important. Like, if we were to jump in and say, oh, we're not caring about the kids, we're going to focus on, you know, whatever, this population that we don't have. Like, no, we have these kids. And Brett and Lane were, were super generous last year. Like, you know what? We got kids growing like crazy. We have to care for the kids. And so we moved toward that. I think there's areas of the city that we're, we're trying to care for and engage. We kind of let, let this thing unfold. We let this thing show up and see that's how we sort of begin to care for this thing. And it doesn't all have to be happening at once. And I'm, I'm very comfortable with that, right? We let this thing sort of breathe and, and we enjoy it. And, and, and there's some pieces that are missing or somewhat patchy. I, I was telling some of the guys like, this afternoon, I, I was getting ready for, I think, a meeting this week or a shift. And I was going to trim my beard. I have a beard trimmer. And I grabbed my beard trimmer real fast. And I hit my face and, like, zzz, no guard on it. And I'm like, ah, bald spot. Like, I was just, like, somewhere on my face. You can probably see it a little bit here. It's earlier in the week. And I'm like, oh, man. I was, like, bummed. I had this hole in my, on my beard. And you kind of have this thing, like, well, do I just have to shave everything now? Do I have to take it all down? I'm like, I don't really want to do that. And I'm like, 
I'm just gonna live with the, the hole in my beard and I'm gonna go to work and I'm just gonna deal with a little bit of that embarrassment, right? And that's like, okay, like sometimes we have that. We don't know everything. Some of our theology is a little patchy. Some of how we do church feels like it's like, has some bald spots, like that's okay. We don't have to like destroy the whole thing and like start over. We're to kind of live through some of those, some of those bits of tension. I was reading some uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer this week, just a great theologian if you're familiar with him. And he writes, he's writing about community and church community, and he wrote this, he says, he who loves his dream of community will destroy community, but he who loves those around him will create community. And he's speaking to this idea of like, if we're just caught up in building something that's in our mind of how it should look, versus actually just loving the person next to us, we're going to sometimes do more harm than good. And I, and I would probably summarize this this way. We don't build the church, we build each other. And so as we live through this church, th- through new and through this expression, right, that's, that's partially why we just sort of let this thing go a little bit early on, because people are talking. If people came in here and just sat and waited for something to start every week, I'd be a little bit bummed. It's not that good here. We're not that entertaining, right? We want people to connect. This is, life's busy. This is one of those times that tends to work for people. So church starts when people get here. People talk. We want to build each other up. What's going on? That's why we're doing, you know, women's dinner this weekend. That's right, trying to get some guys around the table throughout the week. We want to build one another up, learn, hear each other's stories. And in that, we begin to see this, this expression of the church form. Jesus said, you go and make disciples, I will build my church. If we invite people in, care for people, right, teach them what Jesus has taught us, the church manifests. That's awesome. I love that. We don't have to have that kind of pressure. Here's your job. You make sure people belong and feel cared for, help them learn about Jesus, I'll build my church. And that's a, that's a, that's a foundational thing here that we're, we sort of push back even on some other Areas I can get going. I've had started businesses. I can do that stuff. So let's let this thing go. Let's make sure people are first. Let's build up who's around us. And then the church will sort of come, come out of that. And I think that impacts us individually and even obviously collectively. It's how we're building the church. How do we make people feel next to you? How does your neighbor feel? How, do your, how, you, how does your family feel? That's sort of the church. That's a cool movement to be part of. So I'm going to close in prayer, and we'll kind of, we're going to close in some songs. And There's some things to think about. You know, I think even in the church world, as we try to do church, it can be so easy just to get caught up on the bread, like the things we don't have. Like, oh my gosh, like, shoot, we forgot that thing. We need more money for this thing. Jesus like, don't worry about that thing right now. And so in your life, whatever that thing is that's plaguing you, yeah, maybe, maybe God wants to take that from you and say, don't worry about that thing right now. That's, that thing's easy for me. Haven't you seen what I've done in the past? I've fed thousands of people out of a couple loaves. Don't worry about that thing. Think about this other thing. And I don't know what that is for you. I'm, I'm still exploring what that even means for our church. That's part of why we take our time. And then let's just take heart in that. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to reconcile people to my dad. I care about that. He cares about it more than us. We get to be part of that mission. We're joining in on that. We've been invited into this awesome mission that's happening all around us. Brittany was talking about, you know, worship is going on globally throughout the universe, whether we're in it or not. God's fine. We get to participate in that. That's really cool. We're invited into that. That's part of the marvel. So let me pray for you, and we'll, uh, we'll close up our, our time. God, thanks for this afternoon. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are like the master chef, and you're taking the church. Like, that's your thing. 
Lord, help us to sort of understand what that means. Help us to understand what it means to make disciples and build relationships. Or I pray for anyone right now who just kind of has, they're just plagued. Whenever they come to you, they just think about this bread and, and maybe you want them to think about something else. Not that they forgot the bread. So I pray for our release in that. Holy Spirit, we invite you in on this, this closing song. In your name, amen. The preceding was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Jesse Giglio was speaking. For more information about New Church, go to neuechurch.com. Again, that website address is neuechurch.com. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you and yours.